0: The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the
1: Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 28.
0: This is a podcast about recovery through creativity.
1: We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo, and I'm Tammy Salas, and we are the Unruffled.
0: Hey, Sandra. <laughs> Good morning, Tammy. Uh, I always want to like start the
1: show in a different way, but then I kind of can't. I'm just no. I'm a creature well, of habit. Can... <laughs> And it's morning, and, it's and we haven't spoken to each other in a couple of days, Yeah. so this is a proper greeting. <laughs> I, yes. was,
0: I was thinking today when I was getting all set up, I was like, I think I used to talk to Sandra more before we had the podcast. <laughs> 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 I guess not talk, like text, but we've been in like a zone of kids and home life and all of that kind of stuff, so um, I'm glad that we do have appointments to do this podcast so that we can
1: catch up things. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm out of the September haze Um, and as predicted October 1st was just a couple of days ago and it's off to the races. I mean, it's as predicted. mm, I have had three wedding emails, one that was 24 hours before the actual wedding that I photographed on Sunday <laughs> on October 1st. Wow yeah girl I, I hope know. I hope you charge what you were worth. I am <laughs> getting there you know the thing about charging and I don't know maybe we'll talk about this someday the best advice I heard about uh, about what to charge for your creative services is to pick a number and see how that feels with you. Mm -hmm. See how it actually feels like putting that number out there. If it feels like, you know, and I mean, sometimes there's just fear around it. So you just need to do it anyway. But if it just does not feel right, then perhaps that's too much or too little, you know? So anyway, I keep, I keep inching those numbers up. Now I've been a photographer for 20 years, so you would think that <laughs> I wouldn't still be going through this, but Yeah, it, but it changes, it, right? I mean Well, and because uh, I've only been sober for 3 years, I feel like I'm I started over, you know, which we're going to kind of talk about some yeah. of these things today. Um in this in this episode. Well, I just listened to a podcast.
0: I was just looking at it on my phone to see where it's at. Um, with Tiffany Hahn, she talked to a gal about money, Sarah von Bargen, mm-hmm. e- episode one hundred and fifty nine. It's really good. It wasn't necessarily from a creative standpoint, like that what creatives should charge or anything like that. It was just about money in general, how we, are, you know, how we're attached to it, how we spend it and how she analyzes that with her people, super simple, like with your credit card statement and three colored, different colored highlighters, you know, she just had some tips. Um, and it was really, really good. Um, I know that's a little bit, it's not exactly the same that you were talking about, but it just made me think about money this week because you read that book, right? Um, how to be a badass
1: at making money.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, is it yeah, Jen, it was really good. jensen is it Sincero?
1: I don't know if it's Sincero or Sincero actually. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, after
0: you read it, I bought it. And, of course, it's sitting on my nightstand with a lot of others. But um, I really want to read that in the next few months so I can start next year and
1: focus on creatively making money. It's good. I read it on vacation, Mm -hmm. and that was the perfect time to read it, I thought, because I really had time to sort of do some – she, at the end of every chapter, she gives sort of a a prompt Mm -hmm. um, that – uh, inspires like an action, like writing about something or, you know, really like, like an actual to do. And, uh, and so I had time to kind of ruminate on everything. And even though I didn't actually, I did write about, I I didn't, I didn't write at the end of every chapter, but I did write about some things and it actually helped me sort of formulate, some ideas for a new direction that I actually started to execute this week. And so, yeah, yeah. So it really, um, it, it, I, I liked that book and I like the fact that she's, she's our age. She didn't, um, become quote unquote successful until she was in her late forties. Yeah. So
0: So you had a very, so I know you're working on something you're not ready to share yet, right? um,
1: talk about it a little oh, bit but excellent
0: okay so Sunday you went and shot a wedding
1: right and that then was what <laughs> well that was Sunday afternoon but before that I I did I I met with my friend Jen and I'll talk about it too at the end mm-hmm. when we mention our toolbox items but um, I'll talk about it more then, but yes, I am uh, starting a new project right now. It's just in the very baby stage because I need to build up a portfolio and it's sort of a formulated um, uh, offering, but uh, it's really exciting. I'm super excited about it. It kind of brings together all of the things that I do all of the things that are important to me that sort of give me my purpose, I guess. And, um, sort of brings all those things together into one thing. I love it. Well, the Mm -hmm. thing is what I think
0: is interesting. I was thinking about what we share on this podcast and how we're doing this. And you know, if anybody can tell that's listening, like I'm not Even though I do am a list maker and even though I do have certain compartmentalized things, I want to talk a little bit about the process too, because it doesn't just come out fully formed, right? We have these things Mm -mm. that we're doing and it's messy and it's scary and I don't know what the heck I'm doing on some stuff. And so I really think that that's going to be good for us to kind of chat, like as things are blooming or as things we're kind of putting them together so that people can see, like, it doesn't just come out all perfect and ready to go. There's a lot of hard
1: work no. that goes into it. Yeah, because I can have a thousand ideas, but really, I should only be working on like you know one or two um, at a time. <laughs> and right. um, and you know, if I really get down to um, my core values or what I really think is important, then, um, I can really hone in on, um, one or two things, or I can, um, some of them are, are actions like one precludes the other, and so, you know, I need to get this, all of these things done before I can get to this thing, and, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly, I certainly don't wake up, da da, and <laughs> it's, you know, and then I, I, publish it on. Instagram certainly. And then it's done. <laughs> that's right. certainly not it. <laughs> no, but it's like paying attention for me. It's also paying attention. Like
0: last week I listened to so many podcasts, which I had a really, maybe that's part of my problem last week. I was needing something. I don't know what I was feeling totally spun out. I totally went to a, a lot of meetings, spent a lot of time with other women in recovery texting and in person a lot, a lot more than usual. Um, I thought that was good that I was kind of, um, needing that. But by Sunday, I felt like I had just run myself every which way and had no, you were just tapped out yeah. Quiet time. Yeah. I need that kind of quiet restorative time. So I looked at the calendar this week and I was like, I need to remove several things here so that I can kind of get
1: that back. So. Yeah. You can't, you can't give what you don't have at <laughs> right. all. Yeah. And, so uh, um, the second, oh, okay. I can't remember which number of the Rob cast, but it was maybe the third to the last one he just published, okay. um, was about that very thing. And, uh, he kind of riffed it off of do unto others is you. You would have them. What? What is that? Uh, quote, you Bible those, quote? Uh, as as, as you, they would you do would you? to you, as, as you would do to yourself. And he focused on how you treat yourself. Part of that. Oh. Yeah, I have it right and here. So,
0: episode one sixty four. As your wisdom, as yourself, was the name of the episode. As
1: yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll, I will listen to that. And it's all about that. Yeah. That you can't give, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give from an empty, empty cup. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was interesting because the process of being creative. So a lot of times, so listening to this podcast last week energized me too. I kept some notes. I don't keep anything that, that's that organized so that sometimes I'm like, where'd I hear that? And I don't, I think, do you keep notes with your podcast sometimes? Mm, no. No. Yeah. No. I don't. I wish I, I did, mean, but I'm usually driving. If-
1: <laughs> Yeah. If they inspire me to write something, then, 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 then that's how it's documented. Yeah. I'm just inspired to get into action. Right. Or to how, how, um, how I would approach the topic. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good to kind of dig in. It was like my own, I, I don't know. I cleaned out my closet last week. Like I do th- weird things when I'm feeling really stressed out. Like uh, if, if my outer world is chaotic, I try to organize organize it <laughs> mm-hmm. so that I my inner well I, I guess it's my inner world is chaotic as well. Um, I try to organize my outer world, hoping that that kind of will be my environment will affect my mood. And mm-hmm. um, I realized when I came home after I had a hard day last week with my son, I came home and started cleaning my closet, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I see what's going on." And it was like I didn't even give it another thought. It was like that's what I knew. I just had to do. But then um, I could settle, and then I could create. But I can't create when I'm really, um, when it's too chaotic for me. I feel, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've talked about this before. And this is that's it for a different episode. But um, process, I guess that's what we were talking about, like paying attention to it. And and I I like it. I like talking mm-hmm. about it. I like I like hearing what others are doing and how they're being really
1: honest about it. It's helpful. Well. And all of this, I think, segues into our topic um, today, which is a midlife solution. And uh, I think it segues because I wouldn't have the energy to even pay attention to any of these things if if it wasn't for my sobriety (laughs) and recovery.
0: How do we get anything done before, Sandra?
1: Mm -mm. I mean, it's... it's... Yeah, but all that... (laughs) All that big picture, all that big picture thinking, connecting the dots, you know, anything that requires intense thought yeah. or configuration. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this if I weren't sober, plain and simple.
0: <laughs> I would be taking stabs at it and being oh, sure, really frustrated and nothing would come out right. Or I'd be so, um. Overwhelmed by fear and so imposter syndrome, and that whole all of that—that that I could never get out of the starting gates. You know the things I share on Instagram. Like I, I look at it sometimes. I goes anybody really care what my menu is? But that's not what I'm doing it for. I do it for my hand lettering practice. I do it as an accountability thing for me. Um, I look at other people's feeds and I enjoy stuff like that. So I'm like, well, I'll share a little bit. But I would never ever have the nerve to do that if I wasn't sober. I would overthink it too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instagram is a creative outlet for me, so I get to have fun and put whatever I want on there. I don't overthink it too much or style it or, um, well, I do style my photos. But you I, style it. But I mean, I don't, I don't style the grid. Have you seen the grids? Okay. Ew. No, what is a what? No, when you look at someone's grid and it's all organized by there's a quote, there's an image, there's oh, a quote. You know what I mean? Oh, no. And there's a, all a no. color palettes. Who does
1: that? People do that, I guess. I know. Yeah, I, can't, no. I don't have enough. Um,
0: it's In that way, it's like I, I do style my photos. Yes, Sandra. <laughs> but I do put whatever I want. I don't look at the last image and go, oh, it needs this color because I did that yesterday. Oh, now it needs a people shot because there's too many words. I don't do any of that. I just put like what in my heart feels like, oh, this is what I want to share today. Sure. And that's what it is. Yeah, mine
1: too. I mean, images are important to me because I am a picture taker, but yes, I love your images. They are very styled. I
0: don't know why I was defensive of that. I was like, no, I do. Cause I visually, I'm a visual person too. Like I need it to be, Yeah. but like my desk shots and stuff, those are what's going on at my desk. Like that's just how it is. Fruit and stuff, yeah. I style some fruit. (laughs) I organize potatoes into a heart, yeah. I do that. I do do that. Okay, I'm getting off topic here. We're getting off topic. See, because I can't. I threw these potatoes
1: down and they landed like this. They're so my life's perfect. Yeah,
0: well, I definitely don't try to do that. Um, right. On my Instagram, like, if everybody thinks my life is perfect, I posted something on a story just a few minutes ago. I'm like, so this is, like, the real deal of what it looks like to record right now, which is, you know, <laughs> gray hair back in a ponytail and no bra. <laughs> <laughs> but that part I've let go of more as I've gotten older. You know, like, the caring, um, like, my whole gray hair thing. Like, I... I'm growing it out. I haven't dyed it for almost six months, and I had a lot of um, insecurity. I guess, I don't know if that's the right word. It felt like a skunk in Cruella DeVille. I think we might have talked about this a little bit um, in an earlier episode, but now it feels super liberating to be growing out my hair. Mm. And maybe Mm -hmm. because it's not all silver or gray yet, I have this kind of, you know, I still have my brown, but it feels... um, it feels more authentic and it
1: I feel really beautiful right now. Oh, I think it looks I think it looks great. I don't have um, I, I don't think I have gray hair, but I don't really know <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> although I have some major roots going on right now, but that's not totally intentional, although I keep getting compliments. I'm like, really is this this must be in or I something think it, I, think I, it is. I don't know. It, it must be trendy accident. I'm always accidentally trendy. But. <laughs> <laughs> what color is your
0: natural hair? If you don't mind, since we're talking about all this stuff today, it's
1: sort it? of a brownish auburnish. but honestly, I have not had all my natural hair color grown out. Um, since I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah. you're
0: even longer than me. I've been dying it for 20 years. I think oh, I got, no, like, highlights longer. highlights and things before that. but, no, but like way really... longer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And do you <laughs> ever get tired of that, or is that no. more? No, you no, like I it. No, I don't. Do you think that's Mm-mm. an extension of your kind of yes. like creative self? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, maybe For I sure. did something fun, but I never have done anything fun. It's always been very kind of utilitarian, like, oh, put the brown on your hair. It's just brown.
1: You know, oh, no... yeah. No. Yeah. No, not mm-hmm. me. It's – um. Yeah. It's always like the crazier, like what, what can we do next? (laughs) You're brave. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That seems, but that's your, um, that's what I like about you. Your whole style. I mean, that's very much a part of who you are. The extension of you, right. With what you, your handbag, your clothing, everything
1: your hair yeah, yeah yeah I like it yeah it is part of my style and as I get older I am embracing it even even more um why because
0: yeah why
1: yeah uh I think because um because I can <laughs> you know so there <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a lot of women that um, I look up to uh, stylistically um, still embrace their wacky clothing choices and their, um, you know, crazy hair color choices and all of that, like um, Cindy Lauper. I love. Her style, and love the fact that her hair is pink sometimes and orange sometimes, and and she still wears whatever the hell she wants.
0: Yeah,
1: isn't there the Iris, the woman who wears the big I, black
0: glasses? Iris mm-hmm. Appel is that her name?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that movie. I did too. Um, yeah, and the photographer that started documenting all of those older women with style. I can't remember his name, but his site is called or was called advanced style. I don't know if he, if he still has that going, but he's done a documentary about all of those women. I think I'm pretty sure I've seen parts of it. If not, if not all of it, like on YouTube or something. And, um, but he, you know, kind of went, kind of got known for just spotting women, older women with style and, and on the streets of New York city and just documenting their style. And he became friends with them. And, um, it's a great, it was a great site. I, like okay. I said, I haven't looked at a site in forever, but, but, um, but I, I, uh, yes, love that whole aesthetic I love women that um just keep you know the, they don't let society tell them what they should and shouldn't wear.
0: Yeah, they're really brave too and really experimental and kind of like that Iris lady. She's like over the top and just fantastic, you know. She's just mm-hmm. she's just fantastic. Um I'll talk about – I have some things in my three favorite things that I'll share at the end of the episode about that. And I just – but, yeah, your vibe, your whole thing, you, you definitely um, inspire me because, yeah, I'm I'm pretty – I was pretty boring before I stopped drinking. I think I needed a uniform, you know, because I couldn't have anything oh. too complicated. I just needed, you know, jeans and a black top. That's it. Black tank top, jeans. That's it. Always. And um, I don't feel that way now.
1: Did it have something to do with needing to blend in or? I probably
0: didn't want to be seen, you know, Uh I think I just, and, and also just to keep it simple because I didn't want to think too much. Mornings were really hard and I didn't have the energy or a creative energy in me to try to dress fun. It just wasn't a thing. I didn't, it wasn't until I sold my shop in 2008 that I started really thrifting Um, like, Mm -hmm. like I meant it and I had the time and energy. So that's when I started a little bit wanting to experiment. But, um, before that, no, I was pretty plain, plain, plain for my whole life. But now you're right in my forties, I I feel
1: differently. And that's, and that's great. And, and you, I mean, I just give way less fucks about what people think. I mean, I guess nobody's thinking you know, is the thing, right? Nobody and, then cares. They're not, <laughs> and they're not, but that's the thing. Like I've always, uh, you know, we talked about it in our thrifting episode one of our first episodes that we did, but I've always loved thrifting. Um, I've always loved, um, curating my style, uh, on the cheap because I had to, and I think it, Encouraged my creativity around my style and about and around fashion, and then the fact that I'm, uh, you know, uh, I re- I'm a recycling fashion designer, I guess you could say. Um, so I've always I've always loved it, but I definitely uh, think I, I wanted to be seen, mm-hmm. or I wanted to be thought of as stylish Mm -hmm. or you know all of the above but now i i think about that part less Hmm. that aspect of it less well
0: it's like getting more comfortable in our skin right like as we're as we're getting older here i mean we're going to touch on all kinds of things in this episode um but there was a a francis mcdormand quote that i love because i was thinking about my hair and um she said looking old should be a boast about experiences accrued and insights acquired a triumphant signal that you are someone who beneath that white hair has a card catalog of valuable information. And so, yeah, I could give less bucks as well, I guess, because mm-hmm. I've had uh, all of this has brought me to here. So I don't care necessarily what anybody thinks. clearly we're doing a podcast about all of this. I write about it. Um, I don't mind talking about my drinking problem at all um, with anybody that would want to talk to me about it. I mean, not if somebody was being a jerk or something. But, you know, like, I, I'm i so much more comfortable because once you start telling the truth, you can't stop telling it is how I feel. Like, for me, it, I can't stop. So getting to this age where I care less about what others think, it feels like really... <laughs> it's really powerful. It's really... Um, a shift for me, for sure. That's not to say that I don't care a little bit if someone's mad at me or something, but I don't overthink oh, about you, my wardrobe yeah. or any of that anymore. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And that feels yeah. or or my or this gray yeah. hair. Like I don't care if someone thinks I look old because guess what? <laughs> I'm, 40 se- I'm forty. I'm forty seven, and I don't. I get to be forty seven. I get mm-hmm. to have another birthday. I get to get another year older. And my perspective has totally shifted this year on that. With losing Casey and my brother-in-law at 49 and Casey was 50, I'm like, nope, I get to be 47. I'm happy about that.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely losing, you know, getting older, getting the privilege of of aging, with that comes losing people. And, uh, that definitely shifts your perspective. Yeah. Well, you did a
0: really awesome, I don't, I don't know if you want to segue into this or not, but you did a really awesome stories this week. Um, that was kind of a little bit about what we're talking about today. And you did such a beautiful job of kind of talking about the shift of what, you know, happened for you. Do you, mind sharing
1: that or yeah, getting into yeah. that because um, you did yeah, a great no, job it, yeah it, right so this has kind of been on my mind um a little bit in the last week or so um september like i've mentioned a hundred times it was kind of like there was i've felt this a little bit of a slump in september which is a good thing it always um has something to teach me and that is that rest and restoration is, those are good things. And that's where, um, you know, new creative ideas start to form when you have time, when you have downtime. Um, so I had gotten some really good sleep (laughs) this month too. (laughs) And, uh, but I had a couple of days where I just, just starting to get excited, maybe a little anxious of what the fall was going to bring. I had a couple of nights where I didn't get a lot of sleep. And when I don't get enough sleep, like eight hours of good solid sleep, Uh it really triggers me the next day because it's that it triggers the thoughts of the feeling, the exact feeling I felt the last five years or so of my drinking And, I mean, like daily acute hangovers were not totally my experience. Now, I have them for sure. Um, But I didn't wake up with just a horrible headache every morning or it was just a low-grade blah, you know. And then throughout the day, I would just feel exhausted. And then when you're exhausted – You feel overwhelmed. And then, you know, I could do like menial tasks. But then it's just like a lot of busyness, you know, where you're just not really getting a whole lot done. But you're still exhausted and slogging through the day. And that was like my day every day, um, probably for the last five years. And, uh, you know. Which, and then also led to sort of a low level of depression, also something that kind of crept in. Um, And I can only say that now, with the gift of like perspective and hindsight, I can see now that in my 20s and even most of my 30s, I could really just rally, you know? (laughs) I could still get shit done. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. But then eventually, I stopped being able to rally and it wasn't like uh, a switch flipped, you know, like it was never that dramatic, but it was almost like the dimmer was getting turned down a little bit every day. Yeah. And, you know, before I knew it, I was operating in the dark. And then when you operate in the dark, for so long it becomes your normal you know it's been too long since you've operated with the light on you forget what it's like and it becomes your normal
0: yeah
1: and so you know that 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 general feeling of like misery blah blah just dread. That's what I mean when I say that, like, that was my baseline. That was where I was working from yeah. because it just, I had felt that way for such a long time. And, um, <clears throat> that was your new normal, you know, it was, yeah. it was your, it's your new normal. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and, you know, and I would get bursts of energy. I would try to exercise every day thinking that would give me some energy that would give me a little burst of energy. If I took a couple of days off, from drinking, I get a little energy back now. Did I, you know, put all that together and keep going? <laughs> no. no, you know, I thought, oh, I feel good. I can drink again. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm nodding my head this <laughs> yeah, hard. Yeah, and time. and so you, right? And I mean, it wasn't until I really got some time between you know, the present day and my last drink that you know, it was like, oh my God, the lights back on. This is what it's like <laughs> to operate and live life with the light on. And um but you know, I, I didn't know, like it, nobody ever told me, oh God, yeah, when you hit your forties or When you're approaching it, you may want to look at that drinking thing because it's going to affect your sleep. It's just going to mess everything up. You're not going to have any energy. Nobody told me that. Yeah. No one told me that. This is a
0: public service announcement, (laughs) right? Yeah. anybody that's curious or thinking about quitting, like you might want to do that before your forties for sure. If you're just thinking about it right now, you might want to try it. Yeah. Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah. I like your analogy of the light being on again, because that's, you're right. It's your life gets illuminated. You start seeing things that
1: you couldn't see before. Right, right. And so then, you know, going back to that thing, what we were talking about in the very beginning about new projects and being able to connect the dots. I can only do these things now because I let alcohol go. I can get back to that sort of big thinking. I could not do that while I was drinking, especially not in my in my 40s. I couldn't do it. I could not. I could no longer. And this is a time in our lives where we should kind of be able to reflect and do some big picture thinking and connect dots and stuff. But I could not do that um, while I was drinking. It was survival only.
0: Yeah. The, um, I I love how you explained all that because that is, I'm just, I don't have a whole lot to add to that because yes, yes. I was just shaking my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt. And you're right. It was the last, it wasn't like it was my whole drinking career that I felt that way. It was really only the last, for me, it was more like seven or eight years. Um, I think it was right around the time I was about to turn 40. Um, I remember Mm -hmm. when I turned 40, I had, gosh, I think I had like five birthday parties. I think I was a little bit like your friend, Judy, that you went to JudyFest. Like, I'm just like, I think I was like, it's my birthday! I want everybody to know it so that I can celebrate it, all these separate things. And I um, I meant that as a compliment to Judy, by the way. Right. Because <laughs> you're celebrating life. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted a party. I, that was bit important to me. It's not now, but it was then. And um, I just... I used to think like, why does everybody make such a big deal about turning 40? I don't care if I'm 40. I don't care. Well, because nobody tells you all this stuff. It's Uh it's not that you're turning 40. The number is the big deal. It's the other things, you know, that start happening. And I have to say, kind of think, I'm grateful because thank goodness all those things started happening because they made me start looking at my drinking. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to share um, a little bit about... I used to get up like you and I have shared this. Would get up around two twenty, two thirty in the morning mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. night towards the end of our drinking, and you know I would write every night from that point until sunrise, and then um, on the night before my, or the night of, or I guess the day of my forty third birthday, I um I wrote an essay. I had this thought because my my mom left our family when when she was forty three. Uh, 42 actually, but I was 43. <clears throat> well, I guess it was 42 when I was writing it. Anyhow, these numbers were important to me back then for some reason. Like I, I strung it all together. Like I felt like I was having a little bit of a midlife. I don't know if it was a crisis, but it was, a, um, you know, not a crisis. Like I know we hear about those in the stereotypical way that men have them maybe and buy the convertible and do all that kind of stuff. I, I, that wasn't it for me, but I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what, like I couldn't put my finger on it. And so when I woke up in the middle of that night, I, um, started writing and I wrote an essay, uh, talking about when my mom left our family and wrote about our past. And I called it, I don't know what I called it, probably just my 43rd birthday post. You know, was nobody, I didn't think anybody was reading mm-hmm. my blog at the time. And I just started thinking and pondering, like, how I could live life in a different way. Um, My mom didn't drink, so it wasn't what I was extrapolating from my memories. But I was just thinking, like, here I am at this age, and I'm so unhappy. I'm so miserable. And I felt like I couldn't tell anybody because Mm -hmm. who would believe me, you know? You have this nice husband and this great kid, and you live in the country, and you have a cute little house that didn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what I was just miserable inside. And I could not articulate that in any way to anyone. I talked to a lot of my girlfriends about things, but I never talked to them about my drinking.
1: Well, right. Cause you almost feel shameful well, and, and, and that you even, that you feel so miserable because yeah, it's like on the outside, everything looks grand. Yeah. What do you have to be miserable about?
0: Yeah. And I didn't know what I had. I, I couldn't you didn't I couldn't couldn't put it to separate together. it out. Yeah. No. But but writing that essay that night and hitting publish on it on my birthday, um, I read it to my mom um before I hit publish that morning. And she was like, That's really beautiful, Tammy. And I, I really that's really I didn't know you felt that way or that you remembered it that way. And it, I guess it was just kind of like for me, this kind of full circle moment where I now had a kid, I was the same age as my mom when she left our family, and I guess I felt like, am I going to leave our family? You know, am I, maybe not physically to leave my husband or my kid, but I was leaving them without physically leaving them. I was mm. checking out in a way that I left them.
1: So you I related. Every, yeah,
0: I left them every night.
1: Mm-hmm. So you were relating to your mom in, yeah. a, in a way.
0: Yeah, I thought, okay, she physically left, but here I am. I mean, I'm like you're here yeah. in 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 your physically, but yeah. But every night, as I'm mixing up those Manhattan's and thinking I'm so cultured and spiffy with my glassware, I am leaving them,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: just really that birthday. So it didn't hit me on my 40th, but my 43rd, I was like, what are you doing? Like, why Mm -hmm. are you living like this? And so eventually I I submitted this to get published um, in Mama Load magazine and they accepted it. So this was like the reason I'm sharing is because it was like my first, it was my first time listening to my creative voice. Like I've been writing... This weekend, my blog turned 10 years old, right? I've been writing for 10 years. I never shared it with anybody because I was too fearful to share it. So this essay, I reworked it a tiny bit and submitted it, and it got accepted. It got published. That was like the first, that was the beginning for me. The very first thing that I can kind of link back to when I started to choose myself sobriety, creativity. I didn't know it yet. Right. I, mm-hmm. but some small voice inside of me was saying like, you need to do this, do the next. And then I would do it. And we would like, do the next thing. And when that was published, I went and took myself to a coffee shop. I saw it get published that day online. And I, I felt so proud. I was all alone. I was like, it was on my mom's birthday. It actually published in March. And I was like, I want to do more of this. This feeling, even though it was terrifying, Mm -hmm. it felt like I felt alive. Mm -hmm. And I thought I I can do this. And so I started doing more creative things and doing art and starting keeping a daily journal and art an artistic sketchbook. And I started doing these super, super tiny things. And I didn't need any end result from it. I still don't. I like that I do them. They make me so happy. But that was the beginning. I didn't quit drinking, you know, until that was was 2013 that that happened at the end. And I didn't stop drinking until 2015. But that was the beginning of my journey. And I just, um, I'm grateful that I listened to my voice. You know, I'm grateful that I pushed it out a little bit. And I guess what I would say to any woman that is listening to us, like, it may seem silly to, you know, jot a few doodles down, you know, that's what I thought. I'm just a doodler, but it gave me such a, um, a way in, I guess, to myself.
1: Mm -hmm. And And I loved it. Right. Or if you find that you feel compelled to whatever your creative, if you're answering any sort of creative call and you feel compelled to do it, it's worth it to question, why, 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 why do you feel compelled to do that thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned that because in my early forties, I, when I turned 40, I had a six month old, so I was still yeah. very joggled from being a new mom again.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, I think I mentioned that I went out and, you know, didn't come home. Um, for my 40th part birthday party. (laughs) Anyway, didn't make it home to my sick and back to my six month old. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, shortly after that, I started a blog too, and it was called always never age appropriate. And it was about, (laughs) it was about finding, um, relativity, (laughs) Am I still relevant
0: uh-huh. in
1: this world of, of hipsters? And, um, it was, but it was very self-deprecating It never, it rarely went deep. It, you know, I was there to be funny uh, and to be that... self-deprecating, but yes, in hindsight, if I looked back and questioned my feelings, need to do that, it was essentially to be seen and heard. Mm. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, and that was just kind of sticking my toe into some self exploration. Now it took, you know, several years before I actually got sober and I certainly glorified alcohol
0: in every other
1: post, Um,
0: (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, yeah, you gotta, I had to have the perfect shot of my Manhattan. You know, I just, that was my goal in life was to get the most pissed. You talk about staging. Jeez.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. There was a, there was a drink in just about every photo same year and you won't find that blog (laughs) if you look for it. So (laughs) it went (laughs) bye-bye, but, um, but yeah, that was, you know, that was definitely sticking my toe in and, and, you know, I, but I, I, many of those posts, I had to write drunk and publish drunk, or I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have published them. Um, because, you know,
0: I, I thought that's how we were supposed to write, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that whole Hemingway effect. Yeah. I think, oh, sorry. I had something in my throat. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have, I was only brave late at night. Uh-huh. I was only, I thought I was being so raw and so truthful. But, and, and in some ways I was, but not, it was never the, the. I was more, I could be snarky. I could be, think I was being self-deprecating. I don't know if I was, but it, it wasn't until, I mean, it's not now, like when I write, I still get stressed out to write and to publish things that's just part of it. I think, I think maybe I'm not alone with that. Um, but there's something very freeing about finally listening to yourself, right. Mm -hmm. And not, um, and not just kind of silencing your voice. I think that's what I've been doing for all those years, conforming, confused, um, thinking that I had to be this type of mom and this type of, wife and this type of friend, I compartmentalized it so much that it stressed me out. And so I would drink to just, you know, forget it all and let it unravel. And then, and then wake up fueled by anxiety, right? Just kind of my heart coming out of my chest. And I, gee, I didn't know why. Um, I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I don't do that anymore. And you're Mm -hmm. right. Sleep. Good Lord. That will, that, that is just the sweet, sweet reward of sobriety, Mm -hmm. sleep and no hangovers. Right. Right. Those two things, never going to get old for me. Never, ever, never. Yeah.
1: And I mean, biologically it all makes sense. You know, I think you just kind of could operate off from less sleep in your twenties and thirties, but when you hit your forties and going further, it becomes way more important and, if you're drinking every night, you are severely affecting your quality of sleep. I don't I care if you actually have a problem with alcohol or not. It's going to affect your sleep. For, well, yeah, of course. But the other Your thing, quality of sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're
0: not going to sleep the same as, as sleep now. Well, one thing, you know, if it's okay to talk about, I wanted to talk about some things that like kind of happen in your 40s. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the side effects of the middle age, like the sleep It for me was what what got me into the doctor's office to uh, get checked out for that physical was I was having so many things going wrong with me for so many years that I just was baffled by Sandra. I didn't know why, you know, I was having these heart palpitations. I didn't know why mm-hmm. my arm was going numb. I didn't know why uh, my skin was so it was really weird since I didn't drink any water. I don't know why my skin was... <laughs> you know, it was just like all of those little things, um, you know, were baffling to me for several years after I... So, so, yeah, for those three years after I turned 40, there was a definite change in my body that I just couldn't ignore. And since I wasn't telling my doctor the whole truth, obviously, not telling her that I had a drinking problem because I didn't quite know I did... Um, I knew I drank too much, but I thought like, well, she doesn't need to know that. <laughs> Why would she need to know that? I mean, it's so important for us to be honest with our doctors at this age.
1: Right, right. Because the good doctors will ask you about your drinking. And um, if your doctor has not ever asked you, then I would look for another doctor, really.
0: It was so freeing to tell my doctor how much I really drank. I mean, that felt... Um, it was almost like a light, like you said, that whole light thing being turned on. It was like, that was when the switch was flipped for me when she looked at me and was like, what? How much do you mm-hmm. drink? Um, and it was mm-hmm. like, you couldn't take it back. You couldn't, sw- I couldn't swallow those words back in. Like I wanted to in that moment. And it felt, um, she didn't shame me or anything. So that's what also felt nice.
1: Yeah. Mine. Yeah. Mine didn't either. I've talked about my I've told my doctor's story before because that was a very pivotal conversation as well. But yeah, I was really convinced that I was premenopausal and I really wanted her to tell me anything like I would rather have heard that I was a diabetic that my thyroid was right. completely shot. Like, I wanted to hear anything, that I um, had a mental illness. I, I wanted to hear anything. Right. But I certainly didn't want to hear what she had to tell me, and that was, oh, yeah. Um, according to this, <laughs> you drink too much. <laughs> hmm But did that feel like
0: – I can still see myself in the doctor's office that day. Did that feel – like, a, I, it was almost like it was a new possibility, right? That your life could be different. I, I know you probably weren't
1: thinking that in that moment, but it was I like was a what? Oh, I was immediately angry. I was angry, actually. Yeah, I was angry. I felt it was that anger, that that defiant sort of feeling when yeah. you get busted for something okay. and that you didn't want to get busted for. Like, um, you, you know, like... When my mom found my diary or something and told me that she read okay. it, you know, like that, it was that feeling like, yeah, I, like I had been, the, the gig was up <laughs> and I was mad. I was so mad.
0: <laughs> so did you stop drinking after that
1: appointment or did you still experiment? No. Okay. You're pissed. I, you're like, dude, well, you're not telling well, okay. me either. <laughs> right. So yes, I was pissed. I convinced her that no, no. I, uh, am depressed is that's my problem. And, um, she was like, all right, well, okay, well, um, I'm going to give you this really low, low dosage of Prozac and, um, take it. This is a, I think she gave me a 90 day prescription and she was like, but can't drink on this. So here you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I, you, you know, strutted out of that office, thank you very much, <laughs> <laughs> and filled right. my little prescription. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I got home that I thought, oh, all right, well, maybe this is a chance for me to give alcohol a little bit of a break. Um, and so I did start to feel a little relief from that thought. Um, but then as it turns out, it, what it, you know, it wasn't that easy. Mm. And the reason why it wasn't that easy is because I was physically addicted. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, Prozac and a break was certainly not my solution at all. Um, and it proved to not be quickly so? you so? know like in 3 weeks i was i was drinking and taking Prozac at the same time so
0: mm. and what is that i've never taken Prozac what does that do
1: uh i probably didn't even take it long enough to do what it okay. needed to do um what is it she, supposed to do it's supposed to just kind of even things out okay um soften the edges kind of uh i think that there's n- No, I I don't – well, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that there are severe effects from drinking and taking it, although you can't really get the benefit of the drug if you're adding another drug to it. You know what I mean? Got it. So, um, uh, yeah. So – uh, when I reported back to her that I felt better immediately, because I think we had a follow-up appointment like a month later, and I told her I felt better immediately, she was like, no, mm, that might be placebo. And what ah. she failed to tell me, uh, only because um, placebo effect, only because she said it would take, you know, generally takes longer for you to start to feel the effects. But I think what I was feeling was the effects of not drinking for three weeks. And so, right. Did you, did you share that with her? <laughs> no, because I didn't know. I, mm. I didn't, A, didn't know. B, didn't want to know that, right. really. Yeah. So, and she didn't really say that exact, like, I, if right. she would have said those exact words to me, perhaps that would have, that would have, I don't know, sparked me or encouraged me to keep going. But she didn't say those exact words to me. And then... Um, but but yeah, looking back, I'm pretty sure that, that that's what was happening. I was sleeping better. I was rested because I, I had taken a break. I had taken a three-week break. So yeah, it probably wasn't the Prozac per se. It was just I was feeling better because I was not not drinking. <laughs> is she still your doctor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she and is. And she
0: knows you don't drink?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we high five and hug and <laughs> shed tears, all kinds of stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Same with my doctor. I went back on my one year exam. So I stopped drinking. I've shared on here. Um, so February 3rd of 2015 and it didn't dawn on me until I got my one year chip at AA that I quit drinking. My last drink was on groundhog day. Mm. And so the symbolism of that, right? Now, God, because it was like Groundhog Day. Oh, for sure. Every flippin' day, every day was like Groundhog Day for years. You know, not again, know. not for the twenty years, but for
1: definitely those last five to seven years, it was. Yeah, Groundhog the day. last five to seven years, and isn't that the 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 comic? tragedy, the tragic comedy of it all (laughs) is, uh, you know, I, uh, drank because I, that made me more spontaneous. I thought that made life less monotonous, Mm -hmm. um, that added some mystery to the day and yet, and yet, uh, every day ended the same. (laughs) It ended exactly the same. Yeah, and there was never any growth and there was never any forward movement and there was never any evolution. It was Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: miss that feeling like what you talked about, what you described in the beginning when we were talking. I just, that's why I write on my gratitude list so often. Like I'm grateful I woke up without a hangover that feeling, I never want that back. And when I sometimes get that back with food, like if I've had too much salt or sugar, like we've talked about, or if I've had a drinking dream and I wake up and you forget for a second, like it only lasts for a second though. It doesn't last all morning and into your afternoon. It's just a gift. It's a total gift. And, um, Mm -hmm. one weird, so one thing I wanted to, to, to share a little bit, to be really transparent and honest, because I don't think I would tell anybody this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it to you and our listeners, <laughs> because I'm trying to uh, be a little more transparent about this stuff. I'm not comfortable talking about body functions or bodily functions. That's probably you not are. Nope. Not comfortable. Poop, emojis, poop emojis. Poop emojis. Nope. Nope. Don't send me those. <laughs> don't like it. But um, I gosh, how am I going to say this? I'm going to say this because maybe someone else is at this point. So I'm going to go ahead. It is the truth. And, um, here you go. The reason I went in for that physical, um, it was due for a physical, right. (laughs) But the reason I went in is because my body had been breaking down for so long, right. From drinking as much as I was. And like I've shared, I drank a lot at the end, a lot of bourbon, um, for a good last year of my drinking was, um, you know, three Manhattans a night. And I had this flatulence issue (laughs) that I couldn't even sleep in bed with my husband. I couldn't walk sometimes without farting. That sounds so (laughs) disgusting. And I can't believe I'm saying it. I was so mortified. That was what got me into the doctor's office. Cause I'm like, this has to stop. So for me, there was a lot of things that made me stop drinking that I've, talked about publicly. I've never talked about that one. Because I think that is so gross.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I was
0: turning into this gross, disgusting. I felt overweight at the time. I was just spiritually bankrupt. But my body was doing things that I could not control. I was mm-hmm. sweating
1: so badly. My heart And you're like, was... "Is this the end?" Yeah, is right. this the end? Really? This is how I go out? I was this? so repulsed Just by my sweaty, stinky, yeah. farting <laughs> mess. So, okay, can you believe I, I even to shared aging, that? <laughs> aging gracefully. This is
0: <laughs> um, I had no sex drive. Um I still kind of don't. You know, I, in sobriety, I but let's stick to this. So, um, I was just so repulsed by myself. I was embarrassed to be around my husband. I knew that I must be this just disgusting thing that he's married to. And I'm not saying that farting is the be all end all, but in our marriage, I have never done that in front of him. I've been with him. Well, not just our marriage. I've been with my husband for almost 20 years. I've never farted in front of him until that started happening. So when that started happening, I was like, oh, sh- the- now talk about a g- the jig is up. Yeah, it was up. And I knew I needed to fix something that was going on with my body. And, you know, there was all these other things in my, my bottom and what happened, you know, after Christmas. I had this bottom I share. Really? That was the thing that got me in the doctor's office to tell the unedited version of the truth to my doctor with how much I drank and what was actually happening to me. And then she helped me. And then that went away slowly, but it took a long time for my body to fix that. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking bourbon is, is made with corn and corn turns to sugar. It was like, I was soaked in sugar. I I, I just wasn't healthy. I wasn't eating right. And um, it took a long time for that to stop. Mm. And I've never talked about it before because you know why. Thank you. Thank you for trusting
1: us with this, (laughs) Tammy. If
0: anybody sends me, I don't think there's fart (laughs) emojis, but please do not. Do not do that. I already, yeah, I'm going to feel really vulnerable after this airs.
1: (laughs) But it took what it took. They they say that you can tell a lot about a person's um, health condition based on you know what comes out yeah, yeah. uh of their bottom <laughs> there we go and um so that's that's a, a good indicator uh of how you're how you're doing um yeah it internally good. it wasn't good and um ironically Uh, Those are the same types of issues that I brought to my doctor in the beginning as well. It was this sort of – we had the depression conversation but only after we had the constipation uh, uh, discussion (laughs) because I had always had those kind of issues. Now, you would Ah. think that that alcohol would like loosen it up but not – that didn't – so much for me. Now it, it would like every few days, like it, then it would just be something terrible would happen. But then, uh, but no, that wasn't my, um, experience. And, um, her recommendation, um, for those kind of issues was that she said that 80% of that is caused from stress mm. and, And so we would have these long conversations about stress. She would ask me, so what do you do for just yourself, just yourself? And um, she would say, and I'm not talking about, you know, reading a book for like knowledge about a subject. And I'm not talking about going for a run because you want a fit body. I'm not talking about that. She's like, I'm talking about things that you just do for pure pleasure. Mm. And at the time I remember thinking, the only thing I do is drink. That's all I do. I don't do anything purely for pleasure. Um, I mean, and she really, she would sit there and make me name one thing. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like your doctor. I know. Isn't she great? Yeah. And, um, and you know, but that is really, and, and just you talking about why you went to your doctor, that just made me think of that because you're such a good friend. You just did this for
0: me. Thank you for going
1: there. Cause you know, it made, me, it made me think of that because that was like the first time anybody had asked me, anything like that. And it made me so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable because I was just like, what do you, you know, I was like, I have a toddler. Mm. I, you know, I have another kid that's, you know, that's hard. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, this is, you don't know my life. Right. So it's no, (laughs) I don't do anything for pleasure. That's ridiculous, you know? And, um, that's indulgent. That's yeah. It is indulgent, indulgent, you know, and I would be really quick to say, well, I go for a run, but she was like, yeah, but do you do it for pleasure or do you do it because you, you don't want to get fat or you want to have
0: You know, you you
1: have a an intention for it, and I was like, "Well, you're right. There's intention behind it. It's not just for pleasure." And I mean, I could not think of one thing Mm. except drinking. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I'm with you. And that was my solution. That was it. That was all it was. And, um, I can say that, uh, that to finish out this story. This part of the Please, this segment of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> it took more than dropping the alcohol, finding things just for pleasure. It took more things, and I'll tell you, the best thing that I've done is cut meat and dairy out of my diet. Yeah. All good now, all good. Isn't that
0: amazing? <laughs> well, um, all good. It's a. It's it's. Um, I was breaking out. I never broke out that badly when I was a teenager, but that's what it was like for the last few years too before I quit drinking. I had these cysts on my neck. That's why I wore a scarf all the time. I mean, uh, my around my hairline, I just I was so parched. My body was so parched and my skin was screaming at me, right? My gastrointestinal system is screaming at me. My heart is screaming at me. My I have high blood pressure. It's it's through the roof. Like Everything was happening and I could feel it. And I would call it different things. Oh, it must be allergies or, oh, I must need to go lay down and take a break. I get so winded. And my husband says, it's cause you don't exercise. Mm-hmm. No, I knew that's what, okay, maybe, <laughs> but no, I knew that there was something on a cellular level that was happening to me that wasn't mm-hmm. right. And I didn't quite know how to get the help I needed in, unless I told the truth. And I, for years did not tell my doctor the truth. Right. We go in there, we fill out that intake form. Oh, I have maybe two to three drinks a week. Big fat liar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you joking me? Times that by seven times. That mm-hmm. by eight. Oh, I totally times, you know, lied.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I cut it. Yeah. By a third.
0: No, I, yeah. So w- to go in there, to collaborate with my doctor was something that I had never done before. I feel like now she is my, you know, I'm a collaborative partner with her when we talk about it. When I went in on my one year, I scheduled my next year's physical on the day because I, we'd emailed a little bit throughout the year about my, this elimination diet she put me on mm-hmm. to kind of wean me off of alcohol was what she did. And I just told her like, what you did, I'm sober one year today. And she was like, What? And she started crying, crying and I yeah, started crying and I said what you did and how you did it and how you didn't shame me. Um, you know, I wish maybe we'd had that conversation a few years before, but I didn't give you all the information.
1: No, what are they, they don't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so no, they have to, they have to do their own elimination right. uh, with us if we're not telling the truth.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was just a really important part. Going to the doctor, telling the truth, even if it disgusted me or grossed me out, or you know, and I don't know why that is. I just grew up. We didn't talk about that stuff. We didn't do that in front of each other. My family is very private when it came to those types of things, um, and I've been in relationships where I've been with men that have been very private, and so it just hasn't been part of my. It, it they happen. I know they're human. I know there's nothing to be ashamed of, but I still. I was I'm glad I was so mortified by myself <laughs> that I t- shared that with my doctor. You know, that was another turning point. You have all these little things that like lead you to being sober. So writing the essay was one and then going to my doctor and admitting that was one. You know, it was like all these little things started adding up and started pointing it in a direction where I needed to remove alcohol from my life completely. And I'm, so I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm not super jazzed to talk about it again. If anybody wants to talk about it, you might want to not talk about it with me. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about it anymore. I'll go there again. <laughs> I will talk about all the gray chin hairs that I'm getting now. Oh, my God, Sandra. I plucked out two gray chin hairs last night. I was so pissed. I don't care about the gray on my hair, on my head. But on my chin, I'm not pleased about. That no. feels different to me. That feels like an assault. It feels not very nice.
1: Well, and and then at this age too, I don't know about you, but I'll have a chin hair that's right next to a zit. And it's like, come on, yeah. can we go one, one way or the other here?
0: <laughs> no,
1: no. One they, way or the ba- other would be ba- nice.
0: They come in batches too. It's like, I'll get, you know, they all must grow at the same time. I don't know, but I'm not super happy about that. Um, and I have a burning question for you since we're talking about all this stuff and we're going to get it all out here in this episode. Do you pee when you sneeze like I do?
1: Um, not every time. Yeah, not but, every time. But I think that there could be one specific reason for that, and it's okay. because I had C-sections, and so um, ah. my – Pelvic floor uh-huh. has more or less stayed intact.
0: <laughs> Plus, well,
1: I do Kegels at the at red lights. <laughs> you do? Mm, i been thinking about it.
0: No, I've ne- so maybe that's my problem. I never, mm. I never did the Kegels. But um, what I'm it, they've just started these last this last year. It's been happening, and I was thinking, why is all of a sudden this happening? Like. It's
1: weird. So maybe I need to exercise but it has my pelvic happened. floor. I, I would be, I would just be really making shit up if I said that it's never, <laughs> that I've never done it because I certainly, I certainly have, All right. but it's certain it's not every time. It's not every time. And yeah. I think that that could be why now, if I had had my babies vaginally, I'm sure that, yeah. that I would be experiencing some of that, yeah. um, I never yeah. get to
0: talk to anybody about this, so thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're welcome. But now don't you feel though that you do you feel like since recovery though, that you are aging more gracefully?
0: I do. So so yeah, I've just, just said all these things, but absolutely.
1: Absolutely see, I do too. I really do.
0: I feel like I have the bandwidth to take care of myself in a way. Mm-hmm. So, I know that self-care word gets thrown out there, you know, a lot or that phrase. It's it's really important um that I wash my face before I go to bed. I feel like that's like a res- you talk about restorative like that's restorative to me. I know that those 8 hours of sleep I'm going to get, my face is going to heal and since I deal so much with breakouts and trying to fix this issue I've had on my neck and face mm-hmm. for these last few years, I feel like if I do not wash my face or take care of it, like I am going to wake up looking worse. <laughs> but I can only do that because I'm not drinking until midnight
1: and I'm drinking water and having tea or yeah, like a hydrated. Tea a bed. Yeah. Hydrated, not puffy. And, Diet. you know, if, right. And when things come up, like whatever, the, you know, peeing when you sneeze, whatever, you can troubleshoot. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Much. Yeah easier like um what's going on here? Am I not getting enough sleep? Do I need to tweak my diet?
0: Yeah. Am I not getting enough
1: downtime? Am I not getting enough studio time? You know, you can you have the clarity mm-hmm. and energy to examine all the other moving parts um because you're not you're not in the fog. Yeah. Every day.
0: Yeah. For sure. For sure. And um, I did want to touch on this a little bit too. I know we're, we're getting to the point where we need to share our three things, but um, you know, maybe this will be for another episode. Maybe people can give us feedback. But I've found that I don't have the same sex drive that I had at all. Like, 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 at all. It's just non-existent, basically, in sobriety. And I don't know if that was kind of. I can't quite tell. Put it together how it was at the end of my drinking because when I drank, I wanted to have sex. So now that I don't drink, I'm like, eh, not really into it. So I, I find that that has changed significantly and being 47. And I'm almost like, is that going to come back? You know, is that feeling, is that energy going to come back to me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else struggles with that or if anybody would be open to talking about that. Um, I'm interested, but I'm also need to keep, you know, the privacy of my husband as well. So I, I'm not super, I can't tell his story, but I know for me, um, it changed when I stopped drinking for sure. I think it's because I was looking at so many other things in my life. I had to, I had to kind of shelve that. Mm -hmm. Any
1: thoughts Mm -hmm. that you're willing to share? Uh, I'm not feeling, um, spontaneous enough to come up with something well thought out Mm -hmm. because I do have a lot of thoughts about this, but they're a little bit jumbled and I'm not totally sure how to articulate them. Um, but it has changed.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's all I mean. Just like drive. I don't mean, we don't have to get into the details of our spouses, but I just mean like I feel like it shifted in sobriety for me. Um, and having that clarity, like you talked about, I had clarity about what I want and what I don't want right now. Yeah, and and if I'm, you know, if I'm being really honest, I just don't feel like it.
1: (laughs) I just don't. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I will say though that I feel sexier though. I do, and so I, um, I can't say that with conviction. Yeah, and uh, I feel really good in my body. Um, the parts that hang and and um have cellulite and don't bother me as much as they used to and so uh and that just all of that just makes me feel you know more sexy in general
0: I would agree with you on that for sure, yeah, right. Because you're because you're in your skin. We're st- finally feeling comfortable in our skin. That has mm-hmm. to that has to kind of radiate out, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, like I said, I feel I feel more beautiful now than I felt since I was in my early twenties. Mm-hmm, and, and Really, I feel like I've come into my own. Whatever that looks like, like it, like I don't like I said, I'm not caring so much what anybody else thinks. It's really how I feel, and it feels good it feels really mm-hmm. good. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I just like, you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a thing, right? Like it's a thing. And I was chatting with no, a, a
1: bunch of it ladies. It is a thing and it's a complicated mini leveled thing for me yeah. and always has been. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, maybe... it's one of those things we'll have to have, uh, we'll have to have someone on that's willing to to help the conversation flow and yeah. maybe I can talk about it more.
0: That would be, That's what I was saying. Maybe we can find someone that this is their thing and can talk about it because that would be interesting to me. And I think our listeners, I don't know, maybe they can, again, give us feedback in our secret Facebook group that we have for the podcast, if you guys want to talk about this kind of stuff, um, or if anybody has any pearls of wisdom to share, you know, that's a safe place to do it. It's not public on Facebook and that, um, we can start a conversation there. People want to talk about it. Um, there's a lot more to talk about. We could go on for a long time about being this age and what's going on, but, um, we should probably,
1: get towards I know. the end of this
0: episode, share our I three know. things. Thank I you know. for being so open about everything,
1: Sandra. Yeah. I liked, ta- I love talking about this because this is where we are. And I love, um, talking to women that get sober in their thirties. Like we had Megan Peters on uh-huh. this week. And, um, and I can totally relate to her as a mom and a person and a creative in recovery and all of those things. But I love talking about this place where we are right now in our forties and, and what that feels like. Um, and I, I just, I love this conversation.
0: Yeah. And I liked how you coined it, you know,
1: that this is a midlife solution, like
0: quitting yeah. drinking it's not a It was a my crisis. solution. Yep.
1: There was no crisis here. It was a solution. Yeah. And just framing it that way for me, which I, I wrote that in my journal like on day seven. Mm. <laughs> and um, framing it that for me set me up to be where I am now, I think. I'm really convinced yeah. because it felt like, it felt like I get to do this, you know, it felt like a choice.
0: Yeah. And that you're not
1: forced that you weren't not a punishment. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah.
0: I didn't, I didn't even know like how much I was looking for spirituality. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that that was going to be an answer. You know, I didn't know that if I started telling the truth and started taking care of myself, going back to school, training to hike some mountains, going to some rooms to listen to some people share every week, that I would start having this amazing life. The solution was to start living, you know, start choosing like what your doctor said, like do something for pleasure. When I started doing things for pleasure that didn't involve drinking, God, that's the solution. And I, I mm-hmm. love the way you framed it. It's such a great conversation, Sandra. And, um, mm-hmm. I hope that it sparks some more conversations with our tribe because yeah, I think, me me too. I think it's important. Um, okay. So let's, um, segue into our three, um, tools in our unruffled toolbox this week. Okay. You go yeah. first. I'll go first. So I did mine just a little bit related to some things that help me right now. Um, since I stopped drinking things, uh, for a woman of my age, I guess, um, <laughs> yeah. I started taking vitamin supplements um, at the recommendation of my doctor, uh, that she'd been recommending these supplements, by the way, for years and years and years. I just, you know, I didn't really think I needed to take them, um, because I didn't want to do what I was told ever. That was kind of my thing. So I take every morning I get up and do a routine and I was just going to share the few that I do. There's not a ton, but I do fish oil, vitamin D, a probiotic, B12. Um, and I take a, Calcium magnesium pill every night, which mm-hmm. was t- I was told would help with my poop. Okay, I'm yep, gonna say it, it. does. <laughs>
1: okay, I, I'm the
0: one that it, it does. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and it helps with sleep. Correct. It helps with sleep yes. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when I remember, I take that at night before I go to bed. I usually have it with a little herbal tea or chamomile tea before I go to bed. So yeah, makes you regular. Um, And I sleep really, really well and solid Mm -hmm. and have a beautiful night's sleep. So I do that, try to every single, well, don't try. I do it every single day. And the magnesium, sometimes I forget the calcium-magnesium blend. They're they're together because they need each other, I believe, to be absorbed in your body.
1: Yeah, I Um, I take Yeah, so that's my first one. That's good. I wish I was a better vitamin supplement taker. And I think I've talked about this before, but... I need to just switch everything, um, tonight because I, I -hmm. now take my magnesium calcium. Mine's a mag calcium zinc blend, but, and I take it every night. I don't forget, but if I have to take things in the mornings, I, I'm not never consistent with it. It's like out of sight, out of mind. They're in, they're in the cabinet. I don't remember in the morning, but I should just start taking everything at night. I mean, do you want to
0: know where I put them? What? Have, I told, yeah. have I told you?
1: Um, so
0: I knew I was officially um, getting into midlife when I bought a pillbox like, oh, right. every day of the week, right? So uh-huh. that's official. My brother teases me about this because he has one too. I'm like, yeah, we're officially old. That's okay. Um, I put it next to my coffee cup oh. in the morning. So it's in the kitchen. I fill it up every Sunday. It's in the kitchen next to my um, teacup or whatever. Um, and I take them every morning when I go to get a glass of water and start my tea. Like so that mm. I don't forget. If they were in my bathroom or in a closet or under the sink, yeah, I'm probably not going to take them. But I have to put them in my way.
1: That's that's what I need to do then because I've have got a I've got a pantry full of... Vitamins and supplements that I don't take. Do you need a pillbox? the magnesium, Sondra, do you need it? Oh. I need it. I guess I need a
0: pillbox. <laughs> it's a whole new level of accepting your age. I will tell you that. Yeah. That, but that's what makes me take them because they're already organized. They're already portioned out for the week. I'll remember to do it. If I had to open up every bottle, heck no, I'm not going to do that. No,
1: mm-mm, not going to do it. Don't do it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So what's, what? yours? what's yours? Okay. So my first one is speaking of doing things. Purely for pleasure. In the mm-hmm. last week, I've seen lots of theater, and oh, it has been so nice. fun. Both productions that we saw were student productions. One was high school. One was at my alma mater, the university that I went to. Um, so good. Just – it's just – the mm. theater is just so uh, – it's like, you know, going to a movie as well, I guess, but, um, s- just so inspiring oh. just so you can just lose yourself. I mean, talk about being in the moment, you know, you can just really get right into the moment, the present moment. Um, what did you
0: see? Remind When me you're watching you theater,
1: I saw Catch Me If You Can. Okay. That, I, th- I think that was a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. at, at one point, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, a great um, production at my son's high school. He goes to the, um, uh, performing arts high school here in Austin. And so it was excellent. I mean, it was ex. we were really blown away. We were, my husband and I were like, uh, yeah, they don't, no rinky dink shows here awesome. um yeah it was really amazing and then uh we went to my alma mater which is in san marcus it's texas state and we saw a chorus line which i had <gasps> never seen a chorus line before i, I haven't mean I, either i would seen you know the movie the old movie but i'd never seen the production and it was excellent it was oh, so good good mm-hmm. yeah very fun all for pleasure
0: Good. Well, I'm sorry. I was texting you while you were at the theater. I, oh, no. I'm of so course. glad you told me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I also do an email. Okay. Um, well, I'm <laughs> going to theater this Friday. I'm going to my son's high school production. They're doing Romeo and Juliet, nice. and um, they're setting it to I don't know. Do you, have you heard of Altamont? The concert no. Altam- that happened in Altamont. Well, it they're setting it to the background of Altamont, which was a concert in the 60s. I'm probably going to say this wrong, but with the Rolling Stones were played at, and oh. the security team they hired the Hell's Angels to be the security for the concert, and they oh. paid them in beer. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and they started fighting. There was murders.
1: The, oh my goodness! Um, great
0: Grace Slick got manhandled out in the audience by the Hell's Angels. I'm, supr- um,
1: I'm surprised I don't know this story at all. Fights
0: broke out. Mick I can't <coughs> remember, I think Mick Jagger got hit. Anyhow, big huge. So this is this is what they're riffing on for the Romeo and Juliet production with that's the great. Capulets and the Montagues and so I am super excited to go see it um on Friday night we're going it's our wedding anniversary and we're gonna go and we're gonna go see that with our son at his school um he'll probably won't sit with us but so you've inspired me about theater since I mean just the whole Hamilton this summer and talking about it with you mm-hmm. and how excited you get so I'm excited too I'll,
1: I'll give that's, you a little
0: update later
1: that's um, very exciting yeah. well <clears throat> okay what's your number two
0: um, I'll be quick. This one's just facials and massages. When I stopped drinking, um, I did the little quit that app, and I mm-hmm. and at near the end I was drinking about twenty dollars a day, um, and I did that quit that app, and it shows me how much I've been saving. So that really justified some self care um, in the beginning. And because my face was a source of um, shame for me, um, and I was hiding behind my scarves and, you know, not taking any photos of myself, that I started doing getting a facial every month on the 3rd, because that's the date that I stopped drinking. I did that for a year and a half, and now I get um, monthly massages on that date. Oh, today's nice. the 3rd that we're recording. Huh. I better schedule that. Hmm. Um, and massage. it seems <laughs> indulgent, and it seems like it's a lot of money, which I think it is. Um, but for me, I do that as a way to kind of honor, you know, that I'm taking care of myself now. And, um, it's, it's just important and it's helped. It's changed my face. It's changed my appearance. It's
1: transformed along with diet. So that's important to me. So that's my number two. Very nice. Okay. My number two is easy too. I've, I've been seeing loads of friends lately and it's been so good and I'm seeing a friend today and I'm seeing some more friends tonight back. The and then I'm having lunch tomorrow with another friend. And, um, sometimes that feels like indulgence too, yeah. doesn't it? Like, totally. I mean, there's a, an intellectual part of me that wants to say, Sandra, you could, could be working, um, instead of this, but, uh, at the same time, I know I need it. And I know that without seeing, without, scheduling times to see friends that I, I can easily isolate and, um, and I know that I just feel better and I always feel better after I see a friend. Yeah. And so, yeah,
0: you're filling yourself up, you know?
1: Yeah. Lots of friend time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so good. Um, it's, it's, I, I've just never enjoyed women more than I enjoy them now in sobriety. I agree. Finding that connection and not being in a place of fear or judgment or jealousy or any, it's like all that's stripped away. And and sometimes I have to be reminded of that. It's not that it goes away completely, but I come from such a different place with my female friendships now. So I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it. Oh, good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing is pretty simple too. And we touched on it earlier in the podcast. It's color. So for me, my whole life, it was Black denim, gray. I didn't want to be seen. Uh, I was pretty boring with a lot of things, and I have have color in my life now. I really love hot pink, which is you know so like not. I grew up in a house,
1: yeah, sobriety surprises.
0: It was because my mom. I grew up in a house. We called my mom the pink lady, and we grew up with pink and white striped couches valances curtains rugs. Oh, I love it.
1: um
0: you know so i vowed never to have pink in my house and i no, i totally want a hot pink pillow for my living room but so <laughs> now color so in my home um i like to dress with color now i like to thrift and look for things with color i like to find shoes bags accessories like I want more color in my life and I'm trying to paint with more color now or not trying. I'm just drawn to painting with more color. So it's almost like just waking up to my life. I want to be seen now and heard and I want to live out loud a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I see that in how I draw and what I'm drawn to.
1: Um, It makes me super happy. So I love that color. That's a good one. Okay. Well, my third one too, I hinted at it. The, a little bit at the beginning, but I've started a new project. I've come out of this September slump off just and you know, and I, all I had to do was schedule one thing for October 1st mm. and then just the door flew back open. <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> yeah. And so I'm working on this new project. I, um, have kind of, parsed it out in executionable steps. What? <laughs> Me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you. And, and I am taking action and I have a vision and it's coming together And I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited. I'm sharing little snips on IG. I think I'm actually going to write my first newsletter. (gasps) I've been saying that for about a year that I was going to, I've been collecting names for a newsletter and I haven't actually written one yet, but I think that this is, this has inspired me to, (gasps) to write a newsletter. And so
0: good. Do you have a name yeah. for this project or is that still under
1: wraps? I do. do I you do. Share it?
0: Yes, okay, I good, do have good.
1: a name. So, speaking of the Rolling Stones, so funny. like <laughs> just Lots of lots of subtle mm-hmm. and not so subtle synchronicity. Um, it, yeah, she, I love that song, She's a Rainbow. And oh. um, so, yeah, it's going to be hashtag she's like a rainbow because the words of that song just embody everything um that I could or couldn't say about this this project.
0: I love that. I love okay. that. I can't wait till you tell more everything. Like I can't wait for it to unfold. It's yeah. going to be beautiful. It's so you. And she's like a rainbow. Yeah, that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So yeah. That's it. It's lighting me up. Oh, and goodness. it's one of those, again, just one of those big picture things that I would, the gift only comes from, from sobriety.
0: Well, um, when you put this out and when you do this newsletter, I'd love to chat with you about that. Okay. Cause that, that <laughs> freaks me out for example yeah that's another creative thing we can talk about another time um, <laughs> okay she's like a rainbow I like that I don't know that song so that's beautiful oh you don't no, oh my go god it. it's go like
1: it's my favorite Rolling Stone song and um, that when I went to Jennifer James's um, house because she was my my guinea pig on uh-huh. Sunday morning um she 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 went over to her, boom box or whatever that she has outside. And she was like, oh, I got to put some music on, got to find some rolling stones. And I said, Oh, wait, wait, that, that song, she's a rainbow. That's, that's what I was thinking about calling my project. She's like a rainbow. And she was like, Oh my God, goosebumps. I sing that song to my daughter. every oh, night." I know. I know. I love yeah. It. So yeah, you need to go, you need to go look up okay, the words well. to that song. You need to go look up that song. It's a great song.
0: I will. Oh, okay. Well, we've talked and talked All and right. talked, so we should go. We have, Thanks we for listening for an, an hour and a half, you guys. My husband thinks yeah. our podcasts are too long still. And I was we like, disagree. nope, we, we like disagree. them how we like them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, real quick, Sandra, you are trending right now because your <laughs> podcast hit over a thousand downloads
1: isn't that funny you
0: are like a flipping rainbow look at you yeah and my husband's like well you you might get more people to listen to yours if you would shorten it i said we're not shortening anything steve we like it how we like it but yeah so we're doing our own thing right Sandra? We're, we are we're in our 40s we don't care we're just we gonna do care. what we want to do <laughs> have a great day friend bye thanks for talking The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Akiri. Thanks for listening.